I had a realization for self-care after narcissistic abuse, uh, specifically by your mother. Um, I was raised by a textbook female narcissist. Uh, you know, you can't tell a narcissist that they're a narcissist uh, at all, ever. So um, I just wanted to share something that I just realized while I was going through my closet and getting rid of things that I didn't need anymore. One of the major parts of healing, uh, just the aspect, just the aspect of self-care when it comes to narcissistic abuse is for us to find somebody who models the good mom, somebody who models the part of our mother that we so desperately um, love, the part of our mother uh, you know, the the part of our mother that we believe to be non-narcissistic, the part of our mother that loves us, the part of our mother that cares for us and, you know, dotes on us and, and literally just gives us basic love and um, communication. Who Do I really need to delve into what narcissistic abuse is? No, I don't. If you are a survivor, I am so proud of you. Please keep going. I'm... I'm trying to keep going, and I will keep going, and I need you guys to come along, please, with me, because I, this is not a mission that is called for the, anything mediocre. This is huge. It's huge. And like I say with every episode, what you are doing is so important because what you heal what you heal, even if you don't want to heal yourself, you have to do it for others. You have to do it for the for the knowing that you are going to help somebody else someday. And if nothing else is going to make you realize that you need to live, it's it's that one thing. Okay? That you cannot be selfish enough to take your life and not help other people. And insert, you know, if you have suicidal thoughts, call so and so here. But most of us are passively suicidal naturally, so I'm not even going to do that because you already know what to do. Call Rain or whoever or whoever. Um, I'm, this is no dig at talk therapy. This is a real life solution to an actual issue. So being raised by uh, narcissistic females as our mothers, uh, especially for us survivors that are daughters, we have to find somebody who will model the female. Okay, and this will seem like strange idolization for some people. For me, it's my grandma. My grandmother, I see her and I remember her uh, with her face with Noxzema on it. I remember her. my grandma had immaculate self-care. And after being abused our whole lives, you know, we don't really have that. Especially if you re-come into contact with your narcissistic mother after many years of not having her. I am actually a year and three months out of my mother's closet that was tinier than Harry Potter's, um, down to 99 pounds, screaming, having panic attacks every single day, begging my mother to love me. And I just remember this void look in her eye, as if I was the most pathetic and uncomfortable, wretched piece of trash that she had ever looked at, just... That, that everything about me was disgusting and not worth loving. 
So this whole self-love journey thing, you know, I hear about it all the time on YouTube, but I'm giving you guys practical advice. I'm sorry for throwing in my own personal story in there, but I still have to maintain the relatability for other people to understand that I am a true thriver after narcissistic abuse, and I will continue to be a thriver after it so long as God lets me. Which is why I wanted to go back into what I was originally saying, and I apologize for being long-winded, it's part of my communication issues. Um, so my grandma had immaculate self-care. My great grandma had immaculate self-care and she always wore a nightgown. My grandma always wore a nightgown and she always told me I was beautiful. She always would write little letters to me and tell me things like, like I felt special. I felt like a, I felt like I mattered when my grandma would write me letters that said I love you this much it would become a competition for how many eyes can I put in the word this how many eyes can she put in the word I love you this much and she would draw a stick figure and it'd be so big on the paper and I'd be like how can I show her that I love her more though and it you know it was just it was it was cute and it was innocent and it was pure just like my grandma who is cute innocent and pure and the most powerful part of replacing the mother figure of what you wanted your mom to be with somebody who is true, who truly embodies that. And, you know, it can be even somebody that you look up to on YouTube. I don't recommend that you worship anyone's word. Okay. But there's something kind about a woman's voice, you know, if you're isolated like me, if you don't, you know, and, and if you have a hard time reaching out, then it can be a it can be an anime character it can be whoever it is that makes you replace the good mom the good mom cuz that's who we're trying to please is the good mom we're trying to please the narcissistic um sorry the word i'm looking for a uh, masquerade basically um and, and make her happy because we just want her to be proud of us. We just want her to love us. So whether that be in the form of like your favorite life coach or something like that, there are so many women who want you to succeed, including myself. Okay. So here we're going to get to the actual grounded application of things. Now that my story is out of the way, I got a nightgown, my grandma, I talked to her and I said, grandma, every time I talk to you, I want to take care of myself. I want to have self-care when I talk to you. And my grandma mailed me two nightgowns. And every time I put on this nightgown, I have a positive emotional flashback. Because that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create positive emotional flashbacks here to heal those inner parts of us that are so fragmented. So, I take this, I take this, um, this um, nightgown and I put it on. And as soon as I put that nightgown on, the first thing I want to do is go wash my face, brush my teeth. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm sleeping on clean sheets, you know, things that I would never want to do for myself, feeling my grandma's love there and knowing that it makes not only me happy, but generationally it makes my grandma happy that I'm taking care of myself in that way. 
And those might be tiny little things, you know, those might be so small, but those integral little parts of us, those habit, that habit like mind, you know, I need you to use your nostalgia and use your creativity in your mind and your imagination to find out what can give me a positive emotional flashback. Because we're so filled with negative emotional flashbacks, those of us with suffering with CPTSD or even PTSD in general, um, you know, we're so used to the negative emotional flashbacks. So what can we give ourselves? What positive memories can we use to amplify the connection that we have with ourselves to create a better relationship with ourselves? And you're not doing it based on making your grandma happy. You're not doing it based on making, you know, your favorite YouTuber happy or, you know, some woman that uh, you love in a uh, TV show or somebody, you know, we're not doing it to make them happy. We are doing it because they are allowing us to do it. Sometimes after we've been abused so much, we're waiting, we're sitting around waiting for somebody to allow us to do things from that sense of powerlessness. So we're sitting around and we're just like, uh, you know, oh, I could never do that because I don't have my mom telling me that I can do it. Uh, I can't love myself because I don't have my ex in my ear telling me that, you know, he loves me and he's proud of me and he wants me to succeed. You know, I don't have my dad telling me, you know, yes, I'm, you know, you have to become your own advocate and you, and your own, everything, your own guru, you know, and that's really, when you come down to it, that's really just you and a, a team a literal team membership with you and your inner child. When it comes down to everything after everything that you've been through, which is literal hell, your relationship with your inner child is going to be the foundational, most important part of your journey to healing because that is the number one person who's been who has been affected and that is why these subconscious um things have been on a loop in your life. That's why you've attracted the same experience over and over and over again. Not because of manifestation or law of attraction or anything like that. How is your inner child doing? How is she? How is he? What does he want? And sometimes you have to ask and sometimes you have to sit there and and if you're, you know, if you're anxious or if you're scared or whatever, you have to sit there and you over and over and over and say, "What's wrong? Talk to me. I love you. I'm sorry." What's wrong? Talk to me. I love you. I'm sorry. What can I do? And you have to talk to her like you're talking to your own child or like you're talking to any child in the world. And you have to say, I love you. I care about you. I'm not abandoning you anymore. I'm not doing reckless hookups with people and sharing my sharing my energy. I'm not hurting you anymore. I'm not, I, I don't want to hurt you anymore. I don't want to make you suffer. I want to make you learn how to deep breathe. I want to make you learn how to stay regulated because with CPTSD, we can become dysregulated so easily. And I'm, you know, you're trying to make that inner child. That needs to be your number one relationship. There doesn't need to be a relationship with a boyfriend or anything like that. There is no one else who is more important than that inner child. And that's why, for example, I chose my grandma. You know, there might have been a show that you loved when you were five, four, six, eight. I don't know how many years old, you know. And sometimes it's it's silly, like, for some people, you know. Some people love Harry Potter, okay. And they can use Harry Potter as an example. They can use, um, they can use Hermione. 
somebody who was a strong, independent girl who took care of herself. And, you know, she came from a family where she didn't really have a family. Her friends were her family. Uh, Hermione was a loner, you know, and that's, that's why she was so smart. But did Hermione take care of herself? Yes. Did Hermione brush her teeth every day? Yes. Did she, did she have kind of, you know, she didn't have the best self-care, but she had self-love. She stood up for herself. She advocated for herself. Would that make Hermione proud? You know, I ask that for, for the people, the Harry Potter lovers, man, just link your inner child to whatever it is that makes you want to do it, that makes self-care fun. Speaking on another part of self-care, okay, you know what? Self-care is boring. It is so boring. I hate taking baths, and I hate taking showers, and I don't know why. Um, I used to before all of the abuse, so, well, before it started severely wrecking my life, uh, back when I was strong enough to manage it. Um, and it wasn't so bad, you know, before all the severe, severe, severe compacted trauma decided to rear its head and manifest in a new form, which was a literal dragon on top of a mountain, as my grandma would say that I had to defeat. First being my ego, which is something I have to work on every day. Second being the literal dragon on top of my castle that was uh, being burned down. So, I'm constantly trying to put out the flames of that. And I want to give you some advice as far as self-care goes. It's not fun. None of us enjoy it. Uh, A lot of people do it on autopilot, and I'm so proud of them. But the rest of us who are depressed, we don't want to do that. And, you know, so here's the fun part. Here's the fun part. Woohoo! You have to make self-care fun. Literally. You have to make it fun. If it is not a fun thing to do, you're not going to want to do it. Like... For example, for me, you know, I've, this sounds kind of silly, but I've had a, uh, manual toothbrush most of my life. And so what I did is I, I talked to my inner child and I'm like, okay, what's up? What's your favorite color? What's exciting for you? What makes you want to take care of yourself? My inner child is literally a little girl who loves the color pink and loves Sailor Moon and, uh, you know, talks about scientific terms that most adults don't know at that time. Um, My inner child loves to hula hoop. My inner child loves to draw. My inner child is a fashion designer. My inner child is an extremely creative being. She always was. My inner child is popular even and people listen to her. People actually listen to her. Even older kids listen to her. Um, My inner child has a lot of wisdom and she's cocky. She is a little cocky. I'll give her that. She's a little bossy. Absolutely. But she has boundaries too. And that's something that as an adult, I lost. I didn't even know what a boundary was until a year ago. I never had boundaries. I, even when it came to rape and things like that, um, I couldn't even say, I would say no. And if my no wasn't good enough, then I guess that person knew what was best for me. Like, that's how demented it was from, obviously, from narcissistic abuse. We're not allowed to have boundaries growing up. We're not allowed to tell the truth because it would destroy our family. And that's why now I'm telling the truth because I don't care anymore. I don't care. I have nothing to lose. And sometimes God will put you in places where you have nothing to lose in order for you to gain everything. And I pray that that's actually what's happening to me. 
and not just a cognitive distortion of some kind. Which I'm going to throw in here, by the way, speaking of self-care, please do not let any therapist ever tell you that you're having cognitive distortions when you're having literally intuitive understanding of what's going on. Your intuition is not a cognitive distortion. And I will leave it right there. I've had therapists guide me into horrifically abusive relationships with other people just because they checked out on the green flags. Okay, anyone can check out with green flags. It's very easy for manipulators to do that to you. Please do not listen to those people. I say that with I say that with conviction and love and a little bit of bossiness because I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you because I don't want you to hurt. Because I don't want you to have to go through yet another painful loss of a friendship or a relationship or somebody that you enjoyed. So back to the self-care. Anyways, making it fun. Okay, I bought a pink electric toothbrush. Okay, and I got excited because I got a super good deal on it on Amazon. I paid two or I paid twenty eight nine ninety nine. So... <laughs> I guess you could assume that it was over $30 for a pink electric toothbrush for myself and a black and uh, black and gold one for my son. So I have a pink and white or pink and gold one or something like that. And my son's is black and gold. Okay. When I got this toothbrush in the mail, I was so excited because it just feels exciting. So my inner child's favorite color is pink, right? Favorite color. If I could turn my everything in my entire house pink, I would. Because it makes her happy, she loves it, and it's her. It's what she wants. It's not what I want. I'm healing. I have to heal from her the same way we all have to heal from her uh, or him. You know, what, what does he want? What does she want? So my inner child, you know, she loves it. Oh, my God, speaking of self-care, she is obsessed. I, I, I always never listen to other people because I'm so stubborn. Um, but listening to this advice just was great. It's so great in terms of self-care. Okay, for example, uh, hormonal migraines. So those have happened since I don't even know how young I was, but they're horrible. Way worse than natural childbirth. So I had a migraine and I, uh, went to sleep for a day and I woke up groggy, not feeling, you know, too good, whatever. And and I wished so bad I had somebody there for me. I just wanted somebody to take care of me so badly. So I realized, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a time that I need to talk to my inner child. This is a time that I need to show up for myself as I need to show up for myself daily. And I know that this can seem like an extremely complicated mess, but I promise you one day with practice, this literally becomes second nature. So I get a can of beefaroni which is my comfort food, which is a positive emotional flashback of a time when things were safe and happy for me. So the more I can build those positive emotional flashbacks in my mind, the more that I can restore my subconscious to a state of safety, the more that I can deep breathe, which is extremely vital. I can't, if you're not going to listen to anything I say, then just go deep breathe everything out forever. Deep breathing, just do it all the time. Who cares if other people think you're sighing at them? Who cares? Just tell them you're not. Say, I'm sorry, I'm deep breathing. If you're uncomfortable, if you're a people pleaser, you know, I totally understand. I do that all the time and I apologize. And it's like, no, I'm going to deep breathe. So anyways, back to the self-care thing. Um, making it fun. Okay. So uh, whatever it is, it's going to make it fun. Like for me, it was a pink 
uh, brush that it turned on and it, you know, you know, and then I found some Neutrogena acne wash, whatever it is that I can associate with a positive emotional flashback. It's, it's, it's intelligent and it's not something that I've heard recommended. So I want you to try it because it works uh, because I've tried it. Obviously doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody, but I'd still want you to keep trying it. Um, so what I did is I ate a can of beefaroni and I put a weighted blanket on and I cuddled a, uh, giant lion teddy bear and I went to princessmovies.com or .org or .io one of those things I'm not sure um and I straight up just listened to that little inner child in me and she was so happy like I genuinely felt this feeling of all-encompassing love to where I wanted to cry because I love the way that it felt I love the way that it felt there's I didn't feel any judgment and I just felt happy. I put on Hercules and I laid there with gratitude for the experience that I was giving myself because there's no one else there to advocate for me anymore because it's just me and my son. And I drank some magnesium water and I I felt so good and so safe and so secure after all of these years of extreme domestic violence after all of these years of mental torture and abuse, narcissistic abuse everywhere, because it's, I was just a magnet for narcissists all of my life, because I was so kind. I was just kind. I was a genuinely kind person, and I wanted to make everybody happy. And it doesn't mean I wasn't horrible and evil, too. Just saying that I was more good than I was bad, by far. I was more concerned with being a good person than I was literally anything else. And within that, I actually realized that I was just a piece of garbage. So going back to the whole self-care thing, I really, really, really want you to do that work. And I want you to continuously do it because that's the person you have to show up for. That's how we start actually working on all this. That's how we start really, (laughs) that's how we start really making strides, honestly. And then we start having adult, and then we start having conversations with people and they're elevated and they're exciting because we have our inner child and we can constantly say, Hey, Hey, inner child, you know, is this person good? Oh, you don't like them. Okay. Bye. It's very simple. It's, uh, it's so powerful. It's that inner child connection that gives you that strong connection to God as well. So, you know, it's really beautiful. And I really hope that if you take away anything from this video, positive emotion, uh, positive emotional flashbacks and deep breathing if you don't want to try all the rest. These are solutions for self-care, for healing versus having somebody else, again, tell you how to heal. Peace out, guys.